0: What's going on, F.A. Nation? Welcome back once again. This is the 2-Minute Drill. I'm Dan Malin, joined by Mike Alexander. We are here to recap some of the biggest storylines from Week 8. Mike, how are you doing? How was your week?
1: Pretty good, Dan.
0: I played the Dolphins
1: defense, and that went very well. Uh, Always nice when you pick that defense that that manages to do a little bit in in the low-priced range. Just to break the slate a little
0: bit, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Had him in the DST coach. I know Howard had them in the playbook as well. So uh, overall, it seemed like it was a really good week for uh, us and the FA Nation as well. However, not necessarily the greatest week for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo came fully off the injury report. Uh, Seemed like he was good to play. But then Kyle Shanahan says that he's been dealing with an injury since week two. So Garoppolo is going to be out six weeks. Uh, And then uh, about 30 minutes later, it was also announced that George Kittle uh, has a broken foot. He's going to be out eight weeks. This is, there's always that one team every year that just seems to get hit with injuries. Okay. Most of the time, it's the Chargers. Uh, <laughs> the curse has made its way up the state of California a little bit, and it has now struck the San Francisco 49ers. What are we doing with 49ers going forward? I'm assuming Nick Mullins is going to be the starting quarterback, I think, Thursday night against Green Bay. It's a really short turnaround. It could be a disastrous game for San Francisco. Um, are we buying Nick Mullins? I know he's had some games where he's looked really good. He came in and he threw for about 230 yards and two touchdowns in Garoppolo's place. But at the same time, I think in his last outing, we saw him get replaced by C.J. Beth- Beathard.
1: Yeah, and I think we also saw Beathard struggling himself. Uh yep at some point recently and people calling for Mullins. So it's like, you know, uh, there's nothing great. There. I think Mullins is the better of the two. Uh, but yeah, it was, Mullins was struggling against the Eagles and they just, they had to pull him. It, he just didn't have it that night. Uh, but I, I'm not, I mean, I think Mullins is probably only a 2QB kind of uh, format. I think the more interesting note is that they're playing the Packers Thursday night, so short turnaround. Uh, not a lot of time to install a game plan. And the Packers just got destroyed by Dalvin Cook. They've had this this issue uh, at different points in the last couple of years under Mike Patin um, and his defense that they just, I don't know, they stop tackling, the scheme is wrong, whatever it is, they get cut up like a like a tin can by good running backs. Now, do the 49ers have somebody that can do that? Uh, Tevin Coleman, I believe, was re-injured. Jarek McKinnon seems like, uh, you know, a couple of games wore his tires out. Maybe it's Jim Michael Hasty time.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree, um, especially with the short week with Tevin Coleman unlikely to play, and it looks like it'll just be Hasty and McKinnon. Definitely seems like Hasty is in line to get at least a dozen carries, but the game script could require a little more uh, passing. Uh, if you're a George Kittle owner and you know if we're halfway through the fantasy football season and you, you know he's out eight weeks— Are you dropping him just because like if if it gets to week 16 and he's not available, he's not doing you anything. But for those random leagues that play week 17 championships and we might get a week 18, it's something that the league has flirted (laughs) with and they've talked about it. They said they've had meetings. Are you dropping George Kittle? God, what is that going to look like if we have to rework that in our
1: fantasy schedules? Right. (laughs) Uh, I I mean, I I assume most places are probably just going to ignore it. So. I think he's a drop, uh, even when he comes back, like we've seen hit and miss with him coming off of injury. Sometimes he's just right out of the gate, super hot. And other times mm-hmm. you can just tell he's, he's not all the way there. You know, that, that was the thing with, with, with Jimmy G too. Like he just couldn't, he couldn't, his mechanics weren't right. They, the, I forget what broadcast had it, but they broke it down pretty nicely. He wasn't putting weight on his back foot the way he would naturally do it. And,
0: yeah. Yeah, he turned 29 years old today, definitely not how he wants to spend his birthday. Uh, but I'm glad that you brought up uh, the Green Bay Packers matchup on Thursday night. Uh, we have seen uh, A.J. Dillon tested positive for COVID for the Green Bay Packers. And this segues nicely because Jamal Williams was indicated as someone who had uh, close contact with him. And so he could be an inactive Simply based on exposure for Thursday Night's game, what do we know about this because we know it's a similar situation for Marlon Humphrey in Baltimore. Do you have any comment on that?
1: Yeah, so they they're saying if he's deemed a high risk close contact, uh, some some kind of designator they've decided, then he will be ruled out preemptively. I don't know what makes him a high risk close contact. like did they spit in each other's mouths? then, yeah, that's high risk. um I, I don't know I don't know what their, their protocol is exactly. Aaron Jones, it's weird. He's, you know, the report two weeks ago was a very mild cap strain. Um, and then he's been rolled out two straight weeks. You know, people say the Green Bay medical staff is traditionally conservative. It's showing here. I think they probably rush him back if they are without Williams and A.J. Dillon. Uh, they did bring Dexter Williams back to their, I think he was on the practice squad and they moved him up to the active roster. Uh, he was a middle draft pick last season showed a little promise in the preseason so he could be a guy to monitor for deeper leagues if aaron jones doesn't go i, th- I think he'd probably be the guy
0: all right let's just skip down the notes a little bit just to talk about the two biggest performers of the day on sunday dalvin cook had a huge day in his return from injury over 200 total yards four touchdowns three on the ground one receiving um, he accounted for all of the offense essentially on sunday for the Vikings. Unreal performance. DK Metcalf bounced back from a down week with uh, – actually, you know, I'm not even going to say that his Sunday night performance was necessarily a down week because he did have a touchdown, uh, but it was taken off the board, and he had that that huge uh, tackle of Buda Baker when Buda was trying to run back an interception. <laughs> That should have been like 3 fantasy points. <laughs> it should have been something, but DK comes back with a huge game, uh, over 160 yards on a dozen catches and a pair of touchdowns. Yeah, you know, for Seattle, are we possibly looking at, you know, Lockett and Metcalf are going to go back and forth with this each week. It seems like it's going to be pretty tough to read. Yeah, that's
1: kind of the buzzy thing is, you know, you, you play the Seattle uh, zigzag strategy. Just whatever guy went off last week, he'll have the ownership, you flip the other way. I actually was on uh, Lockett last week against uh, the 49ers. I thought they're they're attacking them through the slot would be the more exploitable matchup, but uh, that was not the case. Um, You know, this week I I, I am kind of buying into the zigzag theory. I I think that. um, I don't think you're going to see DK Metcalf be as quiet as he was on, on that Arizona game. That was kind of a rare circumstance, but. You know, uh, when you're watching film as, as a defensive coordinator and the coaching staff, like, you see that, that guy have that huge performance. That's who you focus on that week. You know, you, you don't forget about the other guy, but, like, okay, Tyler Lockett scored three touchdowns. He's really fast. He's really hard to cover underneath. We got to pay him some attention. Well, maybe the 49ers did that. They forgot, you know, DK Metcalf is a monster, and he did the same thing to them uh, from the outside, so. Pick your poison with the Seahawks right now because Russ is cooking.
0: We had some breakout performances from rookie running backs a little bit. Zach Moss and J.K. Dobbins both had really good days. Uh, For Moss, he found the end zone twice, and I actually think this is the end of Devin Singletary. Uh, Moss had two rushing touchdowns. Josh Allen also had a rushing touchdown. I think the important thing of note is that these rushing touchdowns for the Bills are coming inside the 10-yard line. Zach Moss had six touches inside the 10. That's where both his touchdowns came from. J.K. Dobbins had zero Just makes sense. Moss is a bigger guy. He's two inches taller, 20 pounds heavier. Just seems like he's a better fit for third down work, goal line work, uh, short yardage runs and possibly pounding it into the end zone. Uh, J.K. Dobbins didn't find the end zone, but he did total over 100 yards in, uh, in a game where Mark Ingram was inactive now. Uh, if I have to pick one uh, between the two, I'm going to take Moss just because I feel like he can probably eat into a larger workload. He has the touchdown upside. For Dobbins, I like what I saw, and I'm still stashing him. Not, I wouldn't. I was not someone that was dropping in prior to this week. Uh, but the problem is, is like he's probably in an even split with Gus Edwards. Uh, Edwards found the end zone, and plus Lamar Jackson is going to run it about seven to eight times a game as well. Uh, but at this point, would you drop Devin Singletary like me?
1: I don't think he's a drop for me yet, just because running back has become such a dumpster fire, and it, it always does by this point uh, in the season. I mean, if you've got a better play, because it's a shallow league, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight you for, for making that drop. But yeah, um, this is the blueprint we we were hoping for with Moss. Is he's going to get the goal line work? He's going to get you know uh, the touchdown scoring, and you know a little gravy in between. He's finally got healthy. I, th- I think that's probably the thing. And, uh, you know, uh, if Josh Allen keeps that offense humming the way it has been, there could be more good times ahead for for Zach Moss.
0: Um,
1: Dobbins, I'm torn between – I kind of hope that he does continue his very efficient but modest scoring because he is going to be a huge 2021 value if he does. Um, His efficiency metrics are just crazy. He's so good. But the team just is involving Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram – because they love plotters who are not efficient, apparently. I don't know, uh, but yeah, uh, Mark Ingram would presumably be out of town. Gus Edwards, you, you should be able to, to push him, you know, to the side pretty easily when you're the talent that J.K. Dobbins is, and um, just you know stash that away for the 2021 drafts.
0: Uh segueing to from the Baltimore backfield to the Baltimore quarterback situation. Uh how concerned are you about Lamar Jackson? I want to say on a points per game basis right now, he's 10th in four point per passing touchdown leagues. I think he's 11th in six point per passing touchdown leagues. Uh he's running less and he hasn't really improved much as a passer from last year. And the weird thing is, is that I think he's still on pace for about 3000 passing yards, 900 rushing yards, uh and I want to say 25 to 28 passing touchdowns and maybe five or six rushing touchdowns. And that's normally really good, but we were expecting regression from him, but it seems like he's regressing a lot. He's killing Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. He just lost Ronnie Stanley for the year. Who's argue, who's is in my opinion, the best left tackle in the, in the league. Um, at, I mean, Ronnie Stanley at least got paid legitimately last Friday. And then two days later, he breaks his ankle and he's done for the year. So at least he's protected and uh, hopefully he can come back and return to full form. But how concerned are you about Lamar Jackson? I'm pretty worried that he doesn't finish the year as a top 10 quarterback.
1: I think when it's all said and done, he's he gets into the top 10 there. Uh, You know, the knee is probably a big part of it that that doesn't just go away overnight. Maybe they can get it there. Uh, and get him healthier, but you know his style of play is is not conducive to that. You you take a lot of hits you, when you run the ball. He's good at avoiding it as a running quarterback. He's not a guy that gets beat up heavily, but um, it's just part of his game. And you know if he finishes eighth or seventh, that's not a big problem. But not at the price you paid for him. Uh, I thought this was going to be the game. I thought this was going to be the game. He he had you know finally came out of the shell. Because the Steelers could, could push back. But mm-hmm. he, he made some mistakes through an interception. Um, you know, and, and
0: uh, It was one of those games where it's like, despite the bad matchup, sometimes great players just play great regardless of the matchup. And I'm kind of with you. I thought he was going to have a huge day as well.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think the Steelers are good at taking away a lot of options. That they're mm-hmm. good at defending the run. They're good at defending tight ends. You know, A lot of the things that, that Baltimore really keys on. So I thought that Lamar was going to have to do it himself and I guess he didn't. So, you know, we'll see maybe, maybe down the road here, hopefully playing some, some Cincinnati and some Cleveland games that uh, we we get those big breakout days that you drafted him for.
0: Uh, Real quick. What are you doing with Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, Are you trading him? Are you benching him? I don't own him anywhere. I actually am trying to acquire him. I think he does get better once Andy Dalton is back under center. I know the offensive line is trash. It sucks, Uh, but he's still a guy that's going to get 15 to 20 touches. I still think that's top 10 worthy at running back. Even once Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, once everybody comes back, I still think Zeke still has that top 10 upside. And I feel like owners of Zeke could be a little skittish and wanting to ditch him. Give it one
1: more week. If you can, they get the Steelers this week, very tough run defense. You know, maybe Andy Dalton's back. Maybe he's not, but even if he is it's still not a lot of time for him to develop cohesion with that receiving core. Uh, I, I, I would see, You know, maybe like in game Sunday, make some offers for him. (laughs) You you might get a frustrated owner because, yeah, it's Jerry runs that team and he's going to eventually get in in everyone's ear and say, look, we didn't pay this guy not to be the focus. Make him the
0: focus Mm -hmm. or you're
1: fired. (laughs)
0: Uh, All right. So let's just play a real quick game. If Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are out for Seattle, would you go DJ Dallas or Zeke? If we know they're out, uh, I would go yeah. DJ Dallas this week. Okay, interesting. And would you go Jamichael Hasty over Zeke? Probably not.
1: Probably not, just because we don't know where the Forty ers would go. Like they, they'll involve Ayuk rushing the ball, uh, do some creative things there. So, all
0: right, what game are you looking forward to in Week Nine?
1: Uh, so Week Nine, we've got another. NFC North divisional matchup between the Lions and the Vikings. Wait a second, you're not
0: excited for Monday Night Football, Pats Jets?
1: <laughs> uh, go yeah, ahead, go
0: ahead.
1: If if the Jets were ever going to beat them, maybe this, this is this the, week. <laughs> this is the week, like they're just reeling uh, ever since Cam's COVID test. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, those two defenses, the Lions and the Vikings, um, really struggling. The Vikings, uh, they've they had more injuries this past week. Their their secondary is very raw. I mean, they're they're like putting the janitor in uniform to play some some you know uh, cornerback this week. So uh, it's it's probably going to be a decent scoring day. Neither offense really wants to push the ball, but sometimes they kind of get like caught in in that kind of
0: game where they just neither
1: defense stops anyone. The scoring can go through the roof.
0: All right, Uh, Mike, thank you so much for your time. FA Nation, join us this weekend. We've been crushing it the last two weeks uh, on the main slate for Sunday NFL DFS. Uh, We are running a fantastic Black Friday deal right now. $97 gets you everything. All sports, $97, one-time payment, gets you everything until 2022. This is our Black Friday deal. We are running it right now. Uh, Probably running it for the next few weeks as well. Uh, Definitely get in on this package. Mike, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you in week nine and best of luck to the FA Nation.